que viniera de ti. Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 54 for Sunday, May 25th, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt. John Younger is out today, but we are the creative team behind the upcoming documentary film Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. To learn more about the film and get updates, head on over to inbarfilm.com. That's I-N-B-A-R film.com. Today, I talk with my brother and sister, Eva and Ernesto, and we reminisce about our grandmother, Mama Chila. After our biological mother disappeared in 1982, our grandmother, Mama Chila, took over as a surrogate mother. As a belated Mother's Day podcast, I ask them, I, I ask Ava and Ernesto about Mama Chila and what she was like as a mother figure and the role that she played in their lives. Uh, so we are joined by both of them and also Ernesto's little daughter makes a guest appearance at the end of the show. So hope you enjoy today's episode. My guests today are my brother and sister back again for another uh, edition of the podcast, Eva Cotto and Ernesto Cotto. Welcome. Hi. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. All right. So as I as I said in the introduction, we're doing this kind of like a late Mother's Day podcast. And the person that we want to talk about is Mama Chila and her role as your sort of surrogate mother. So after our mother was disappeared, Mama Chila kind of stepped in and took that role. And so I wanted to ask you some questions today about what that was like, because I didn't really know Mama Chila as a mother. I knew her as a grandmother, as a, you know, my grandmother who searched for me, but I didn't know her as a mother. So the first question I'll ask is simply, what do you remember about her as your mother as, from when you were younger? Well, I can tell you a lot of things that I remember about her. I remember that she was really hard worker. She was always working, but she wasn't absent. You know what I mean? She was always um, trying to be there for us. She was also always kind of uh, providing for us. Even either it was food, either it was attention, help, discipline. It never, <laughs> we never had a lack of discipline at all. She was very, very strict. And so, anyways, but. At the same time, she was a lovely mother, lo loving mother. She was always, always there for us. And it was a little bit difficult to keep together a pack of six kids and the ages of, I guess, two to 14, 15. And uh, at the time, I remember we were all going to school. And I, I never... I've never saw that we lack of anything for going to school. So she was a provider and it was tough because she was working cleaning houses and it was really tough for her to bring food and it was a joint work with um, Vilma too. But um, she, I, I guess as a mother, she was playing both roles of mother and father, provider and housekeeper and uh, 
everything that two parents can do, she was trying to do it for us, for one of each of us. I, I remember a lot of things. I can tell you a lot of stories about things. I, I remember the most how loving she was on this and um, for her family and kids. How many kids were there uh, in total? How many of, of you were living in the house at the time? Uh, it, let me count again. It was Toro and I, Nena, Connie, it was Renee, it was Luis and Jose, and a couple of kids more that were, weren't even from us. And at times it was Evelyn too. So it was around nine to ten kids. All, can you imagine, all, um, with very short uh, difference of times and their ages and can't you imagine them the the bigger ones they were going through um teenager to be teenagers so could you imagine that for them it was really hard i i just can't understand right now and i have a teenager on my own that it must be very difficult for them yeah they, you, they you only everybody had one line and it was really really you yeah, and I only have one. Yeah. I can, I can't even imagine that. Yes, but I, I, I recall most of it. She performed a lot of things, but, but most of it she was very, uh, she, she was very loving with us, and she was very, uh, always there. I never remember she was gone for any reason, or that we were lacking of anything really. And Toto, how about you? What what are what are your memories of Mama Chila as a mother? Well, one one of the memories that I had is when I was at the hostel once. I was really shy, like like my daughter, and I remember every time I woke up, she she will be there by me always and that's something that I keep in my heart a lot because she always was there for me whenever I need her and I remember the situations were difficult but she always <laughs> she always was trying to provide trying to give give us her best advice I remember her telling us you have to go study because if you don't study, you're not going to be someone. That was her way to say, go and put yourself to the line. <laughs> and even though the situation was difficult, she always was there and trying to give us her love, give us her attention whenever she can and I remember that another thing is she always give us attention through <laughs> through her cooking <laughs> and she always shared her love through her cooking always she loved to do that always so I've heard many times over the years that uh, a big that she changed a lot and a lot and that had to do with finding me that 
before I met her, she was one way, and then after, everything changed. And so I really, I didn't know her before that change, but I, I'm wondering for the both of you, what was that transition like? What was Mama Chila before the reunion and then afterwards? Well, she was always she was always a strong woman, right? She was always a strong person who would fight for anything, and she wouldn't she wouldn't be down, or you know, or she wouldn't express that she's sad or feeling bad or anything like that. Um, but the the image I have before the reunion is that she was always strong. But she's got something inside her that you could tell it was not easy for her. Something, right? So when when the, when the meeting happened and we met you, her looks in a way changed a lot. But she changed from within in a way that we knew that she was happier, even though she wouldn't even say before that she was sad. And now she would say she was happy. She would never express any feelings like that, right? But but you can tell you could tell how much she changed, how much how happy she was after that, and you can tell that she has got this peace inside of her after the, the reunion, after she knew that you were okay, that you were a good boy, that you you were being taken care of by by your parents, that you had a good education and good parents and and you were in a good situation, I guess that's what troubled her the most before meeting you. And then when she knew, she learned that you were okay in so many ways that she was worried about, right? She was worried about thinking, what if he's on the streets, for example? What if he doesn't have anything to eat? I'm here, I'm healthy, I can work, I can provide for him. What if he's not in that condition, right? So she always thought about it, but once she learned that you were doing so good and you were doing great and you had great parents and a great family and, and a loving brother and all of that, and, and I guess especially to know all the opportunities you have being in the U.S., right, and being adopted by this uh, U.S. family, she, she changed in a way that it was not something that you can say this and this specifically is what changed on her but you just could see her different she was happier she was peaceful she was better just better in so many ways and and it was part of the day today that we had with her she was always worried about something and we knew that she was no longer worried about you so it was a burden that she took away from her shoulders in the moment that she met you well, something that I can add to that is I, I remember in her face, in her eyes, some kind of sadness before she met you. She met you, and right after she met you, you can see your her eyes different, more vivid, something more like happy, and. That was a really big change, and that was something that you can you can tell and you can see. 
something that's interesting to me or that I learned about while working on the film was that um, while I was interviewing Tia A. Day and I learned that Mama Chila, when she was a little child, lost her mother. And I think it was due to illness or something like that. And that kind of, it triggered something in my head and, and it kind of made sense then why she would um, take care of the two of you. And so I'm wondering, I mean, did you know about that? And what role do you think that that played in, in her taking care of the both of you? I mean, her mama Chila not having a mother and then wanting to become your sort of surrogate mother. Of course, of course, it's very related, I think. Uh, she used to tell us that when she was young, very young, I think she was age seven or something like that, her mother died. And she used to tell us that then she had to take care of her father, brothers and sisters, and, and people around because she was, I guess at the moment, she was the only woman available there. And the, the women were supposed to be doing this type of housekeeping activities, right? So all the, all the work for the house which you leave and in El Salvador, um, it went it went to her. So she had to take care of that, and she had to to learn how to cook for everybody. She had to learn how to wash the dishes, how to clean the house at a very young age. So it was very difficult for her. For her, of course, she she wouldn't complain about it, right? And because of that, she was the woman that she she was, but. I'm thinking that she may not want that for us, right? She she didn't want that for us. She wanted she wanted us to have a better future, and that's, that's something that Toto mentioned that she always said to us: you have to go to school, you have to study, you have to have your title or your diploma because you have to be somebody that can take of themselves or yourself without depending on anybody. And that was something that it sticks to my mind and. And thanks to your parents' help, of, of course, and thanks to so many other things that happened, I had a chance to do it. And Toto took the, this, the shop, too. Toto went to school also and graduated. So I guess part of his past, her past was very um, important and um, determined in so many ways why she took care of us. As you say, it's very, very related. You cannot separate one from another. She knew how hard it was to be without a mother, how it was to grow without a mother, to grow up. So she, she didn't want that for us, of course. And also the fact that my mother was kind of the youngest for her, because my uncle died before. So she, she, she was very fond of us, I think, in a way. She loved us for being meless uh, sons and daughters, right? So I think as part of it, it's part of what she had to went through when she was little. And the way that she grew up strong and, and the way that she wanted us to be strong, she was always giving us advice and she was always give, trying to give us that um, way to to be, way to live, and and it was kind of a legacy for us, because I can certainly say to you that I am who I am because of her, 
um, wouldn't be this person now if it wasn't for her because she has so much influence in me in a way that I know. And I, I kind of know how to be a mom now because she taught me how to be a mom because with her example. So it was very, very important for us. What I can add is yeah, part of the legacy that she gave us was to hmm. keep the family together as much as we can. And I find out I found out well, I didn't know about her loss oh, oh. until my late, until I was adult, and I think that was one of the things that motivated her to take care of us. The having the same feeling of lost and. Of course, that was really hard for her <laughs> and for us. And oh, and even though it was hard, she always keep pushing and pushing until she take us into better place, into better situation. I think she was very driven by the idea that we all had to go to school and, and have a better future. All of the work she did, everything she did for us was kind of directed to that, for us to, to have an opportunity that she didn't have, that she couldn't go to school because she had to take care of her house. So it was very, very important for her that we can have a different opportunity than she had and, and really take it. And, and really take advantage of that. So it was part of the reason why she was working so hard for each of us. We all had the same opportunity to go to school. We all had opportunity to go to school, to high school. And then she said, um, I cannot help you anymore. You have to, to do something. But, but she never said, you have to stop studying and, and go working. You have to keep studying and working, and uh, it was part of what she wanted us to do, and some of us did, so I guess we didn't fail to her in that, in that way, so it's, it's, it's good to say that she wanted us for us, and she gave us this opportunity, we took it, and we certainly are in a better place, thanks to her. So one thing I'm hearing you both say is, the role that Mama Chila, one of the roles that Mama Chila fulfilled was in sort of pushing the whole family forward, in, in encouraging all of you, uh, not just the two of you, but the rest of the family to work hard, to study, to move on, to have a better life. And so, you, you know, the, the strength that that takes to uh, to motivate the entire family while having to take care of the entire family, I think really go, shows her character. And, and on top of all of that, she's looking for her long-lost grandson. So uh, needless to say, she was quite a force of nature and quite a remarkable woman. Uh, and so just to kind of finish up the podcast here, 
I'd love to hear what was your favorite thing about her or favorite memory that you have about Mama Chila? Like, what's the thing that, that you always come back to that just makes you smile when you think of her? There are so many things that I remember about her. There's not just one that I can share. So it would be a long list if I start talking about every single thing like she did. But I now she's gone and I think about her every every day. She's she's not away, right? She's not with us, but she's here with me. And I remember her in a, every time in a way that she always had this sayings or something. So she always had a saying for any situation and and then I find myself doing the same thing and, and saying the same things you said to us. And uh, it's, it's fun because some, some of them are fun, some of them are wise, some of them are just silly. And it's the way that I keep her clothes always. I always say, that's what my mother would say. Or, my, or I would just say something there about something that she taught me. So it's, it's, it's very fun. And it's, and it's, sometimes it's sad because I don't have her. But I can recall in my mind the way that she was saying this type of things, you know, so it's always nice to have her close. And the other thing is it's just the, the food. Cooking was <laughs> just so wonderful, and you, that's something you cannot just forget. I mean, it, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. You always want to eat your mother's food because, you know, it's special, right? And it's, it's very interesting because we don't get to make so many of the things that she made for us, but we always remember her through food. Like, we, we always had something to eat, even though it was sometimes very uh, simple, and I don't know, it was very, I don't know, just some just simple things, but she did it with such love that it tastes really, really good, right? So it wouldn't have she wouldn't have to take to a very fancy restaurant to show you that she loved you. She just had to cook some rice and beans and, and stuff like that, and it would just taste wonderful. It would taste like home, and that's something really, really important for me to remember her in that way, in the way that she took care of us. In so many ways, but cooking is always that always sticks with me. Well, me too. <laughs> I remember her to her cooking a lot. <laughs> One of the things that I remember her saying is, "When whenever I I be gone, remember be with a happy face." Smiling, be happy about it because I'm gonna be in a better place. And and I think the the day when we when the day when the funeral the funeral was, we remember her in that way. <laughs> we remember we had all these wonderful memories about her, and we shared it that day. And sometimes we 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 laughed, 
in <laughs> we were kind of it was weird because a lot of people think that uh, before a funeral you just cry and do stuff like that, but but true true her way of think. Um, we ended up having a great time. Remember her. I remember that. And and that is true. You know, when she was at the hospital and I was with her and I had to watch her die, it was really hard for me. And for so for so many years, I didn't understand that, and I still don't. But. I don't remember her for that. I remember her for other things, right? Like, she's got a sense of humor, and, and Toto's right. She always said, don't cry for me, because I'll be in a better place. That's, that's very true. And it was still hard, right? You would cry for her, of course. But she always had this positive thinking about life. And I mean, if we are going to do a podcast about Mama Sheila, we can go all night long talking about her, all the characteristics that she's got. She was a very fair person. She always applied for justice in any situation. She was honest. She was loyal. She was consistent. She was hard worker. She was disciplined. You know, I they got to buy a house by by themselves without a loan, without you know having nothing, they just save money from cleaning houses after we all grow up, and that's just you know amazing. They they got to build their home with hard work. Really, is they saved each if penny you know they didn't get anything from anybody. So it was it was just wonderful how disciplined she was. And and just how loving she was. It's amazing. So we can talk about her and about everything she was and it's, we're not gonna end. It's not gonna be an ending because she she was so much so many things in a, in one in one person that it's just amazing to me. And now that we are talking about this I, I remember her in that way and I start to put together all the pieces who she was. She was simply a wonderful person. Yeah, my my relationship with her was a little different because as I said before, I didn't know her before the reunion, obviously. And then after I got to meet her, she <laughs> she spoiled me like a like a grandson. Uh, like I guess grandmothers do with their grandsons, and, um, and and I think I we never got to know each other personally. I feel like because of the language barrier was was big, and that always kind of got in the way of having deeper conversations. But I think she would always ask me how am I doing, and I would say I'm fine. And I think on on some level that was enough, you know. And and I I too remember her cooking and. In fact, the last thing, the last time that I saw her, she cooked pupusas for me, and I think I ate about ten of them, which is a lot in one day. It was just like, you know, way too many for for one day. Uh, but it, you know, they they were just so good, and I, and I think that we had this 
I don't know, understanding or connection in that sense. Even though we couldn't talk to each other, we, um, you know, I represented something that was missing and now complete in her life. And she brought me the, this family, which filled some hole in my life as well. So like that, that uh, we just had this understanding. So I, I think she's just such an amazing woman. And the more that I, I learn about her and her sort of fierceness and tenacity, and like my one of my favorite photos that's in the, the photo book and in the film is when she's searching for me and she's in the headquarters of the FMLN and she's looking at, she's staring across the table at the at the people in the government office, like demanding answers. Where are my where's my grandson? And uh, and and I also found out that she went to the president of Honduras that, you know, she in front of in front in front of the president of another country she sat down and said where is my grandson i mean just the just the uh the tenacity and the fierceness to do that and and you think well you know if she did that then then i guess i have to do my homework i guess i have to do my film right it makes <laughs> it's like what's my excuse so um it's just it's so great to hear from both of you about her legacy and i think that she is she is such an important person both in the film and for this family and that's why i wanted to take some time today to remember her so uh thank you so much for listening and thank you to all the mothers out there i know um this is a belated mother's day but you know it's uh, i i've watched ava uh be a mother for many years and i know it's a very tough job and i know that uh i was probably not <laughs> <laughs> I was probably one tough cookie as well. So anyway, I think that's it for this week. Thank you everyone for listening and uh, please join us again next week. And thank you, uh, Ava and Toto for, for being here. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.